All right, folks, welcome to Passing Period and All of the Above Podcast Extra. Of course, we drop these passing periods in between our full episodes, and this one is coming at you a little earlier than normal because there's a clearly major story out there that's impacting people around the world and impact impacting our schools for sure. Jeff, we don't really talk about brand new issues in our full episodes. How come? Well, because we pre-record them, uh, because do. because the two voices that you hear uh, right now is the entire all of the above team. It's, it's the whole team. Well, <laughs> aside from our senior middle school correspondent, um, that's true. Who that's joins true. us? Can, for, yes, um, uh, but on the on the production side of things, this is the team. This, this is us. And and really, when I say this is the team, I mean the the bits that I do rely entirely on you doing all of the editing yourself. I I <laughs> so. do the video editing. In the audio, indeed. Yeah, and that takes some time, seeing as how you're a, a full-time, award-winning classroom teacher. Uh, so we don't have the ability to be CNN, uh, you know, fake news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fake news. <laughs> give, giving you facts. Imagine that, like real facts and information um, in real time. And so Passing Period is our vehicle to, to be able to talk uh, in a more real-time-ish way yeah. about big, important stories. And my goodness, don't we have a big, important story to talk yeah. about right now. Yeah, absolutely. So Passing Period is just audio. Um, so you're only hearing this if you are listening to the podcast version of all of the above. Of course, our show is a video show that's on YouTube and that video editing takes a long time. The audio, not so much. So we could be more timely with this. And like a lot of you, um, probably all of you, we have been impacted by the recent events surrounding the coronavirus. And uh, I know myself as a classroom teacher, my day um, Friday was, was very different, unlike any other day I've had um, in school. So we really wanted to just take a moment to talk about the the day the schools closed, um, at least the Friday was the day that local districts around where we film and work uh, closed. So LA Unified and and my district both closed for a few weeks, uh, two weeks officially, and then into spring break, making it three weeks. So students might report back to school April 6th, assuming the situation is one that allows them to safely return to school. Otherwise, it might be extended. So, Jeff, that Friday when the notifications came out and phones started blowing up that uh, we're out of here, um, that was a hell of a day. It was a hell of a day. And I'll, I'll say, uh, I think we have two like very different perspectives on this yeah. because you were like in, in it with the kids yeah. in class. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I was most decidedly not in it. I was actually working remotely. Uh, so primarily from mm. home, but in it from the standpoint of the kind of like district level trying to organize, like, how are we doing this? Right. How are we supporting our schools? There's so many questions that need to be answered, right? Like, I think sometimes people have this perspective and not that it's bad, right? Because mm -hmm. it comes from a, a good place where they're like, man, we should close the schools. Like we got to keep everyone safe. And right. I think that especially in a district, I mean, it's a huge logistical problem no matter where you are. Um, but there are, you know, 600 plus thousand kids who attend schools, um, you know, uh, district schools, and then some district affiliated charter schools in 
LA Unified, right? That covers 700 or whatever square miles of right. like of space across not only the city of Los Angeles but other municipalities that are part right, of the right. same district, but right like maybe have different codes of things that operate. Um, and and you're talking about like the mass complexity, right? So everything from early ed centers to adult learning centers, right? Yeah. And elementary schools and middle schools and high schools and kids with special needs who get busing and homeless kids and foster youth who, you know, maybe are more reliant on schools for nutrition throughout, uh, you know, meals throughout the day, breakfast, lunch, and snacks, right? Right, right. Um, you're talking about... Uh, tens of thousands of employees. You're talking about, uh, you know, the needs of so many different communities across the city, right? And and so there's so many questions that have to get figured out because you don't want kids to be waiting at the bus on Monday because they didn't get the bright memo that right, right. <laughs> you know school is closed and you don't want people reporting to work in the wrong place and time and you want the protocols. You know, we're trying to get. Chromebooks and laptops and iPads distributed to kids to take home, right? And like, right. you know, it, maybe a good analogy. It's probably so ridiculous an analogy that it doesn't even make sense. But think about like how hard you've ever had to work to plan a birthday party for, you know, or some kind of event like that Yeah, <laughs> for like 10 or 15 people. And imagine doing that for 600 plus thousand people. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. especially you know. when many of the people are at an age that they just can't independently respond in, you know, the way that you would, um, you know, want them to or need to. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in like that side of things. Like we're trying to get the FAQ document out. But there's, you know, there's a new question that's come up that we need to figure out, right? right? And so it can feel chaotic, but I what I will say is that there's a lot of really hardworking people, regardless of how you feel about their politics, you know, at the district level that are like really trying hard to, to figure out how do we help keep everyone safe? How do we help our students not just sort of enter into a void of learning for some unknown right. window of time, right? And... Um, you know, to, to see that we got to where we got to, you know, as frustrating as it might be for folks, I, I do appreciate just the incredible, quick, hard work from folks that went into, like, making this decision and yeah. executing on this decision. Um, and, you know, I got to give credit where credit is due on that front. Yeah, I hope one day when everything calms down, you know, we could um, take a look back at the work that was being done, not just in in. Uh, your district, or not just in Los Angeles Unified, but in districts across the nation, just the the amount of work being done by staff from the top to you know throughout the system to try to prepare and try to make this something that could be relatively smooth and with safety as a top priority for all students. Um, because I can't imagine how like for a superintendent, for example, I can't imagine what you know Wednesday night, Thursday night, whatever it looked like for a superintendent. Um, in any district with the crazy, crazy um, updates coming in about the virus and just um, moving. So as a classroom teacher, you know, it all obviously accelerated so quickly. And I remember last weekend, I believe it was Larry Forlazzo on Twitter. Uh, shout out to Larry. He, he posted an article about Elk Grove Unified, which is the district that I grew up in, closing for a week. And... I, I think that was the first time that I myself started thinking like, oh, wait, this is this might be coming our way in down in Southern California because Elk Grove Unified is a massive school district in Sacramento. And if they were closing for a week, 
then I was, you know, I was thinking, well, they're not going to be the last one, the last one to close. So going into school Monday and Tuesday was still relatively business as usual. And then I think Wednesday was when it started to really elevate in terms of the immediacy of this being a crisis. Uh, the city that I teach in, there was a, a student at a local university who was being tested for uh, coronavirus. And then, so that would potentially be one of the first reported cases in our in our city. And then news hit that a few district employees were being tested as well. So then everything started to escalate really rapidly from there. And Wednesday night when the NBA suspended its season, that I think for a lot of yeah. folks around the country, that was like the major, because you not just you think about the money, but you also think about the operation itself and how complicated and difficult it must be to, 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 to pull a, a, a timeout on the entire league across the nation with all the games, all the personnel, all the staff who work in the arenas and all that. So that was like, I think for a lot of folks, I know for my students, that's when it hit like, whoa, this is really big. So school the next morning was like, you could feel yeah. it in the air. How much longer are we going to be showing up for? Yeah. Although I, I will butt in there and say it's mm -hmm. interesting, like how our sort of public consciousness works. Because I'm, you know, I'm sure the NBA is a large operation, right? Right. But LA Unified dwarfs the NBA in in yeah. every sense of the term right. in terms in of like the number of employees, right. the number of facilities that they operate, and so in as much as people can like can conceive of like wow how big it is to close the nba or the right. nhl or whatever which is good um i hope people extend the same grace to school districts yeah. in particular large districts yeah. that are that are shutting down a exponentially bigger operation right in a 24-hour period of time right um uh you know it is it's a massive task and yeah. I, I you know i think sometimes maybe people don't uh, have insight into like the amount of hard work and good thinking that has to go into right. how are we going to do this in a way that keeps everyone safe gives everyone what they need make sure we're not you know wasting public dollars or right, putting right. at risk public buildings or things of that nature so yeah. but i'm sorry I, I cut you off no so i mean yeah i mean so that's I think what the behind the scenes folks were scrambling on, because I know myself, I, I was messaging back and forth with another teacher um, and he was basically like, yo, why are we still here? And mm. later on on that. So this is this is Thursday. Um, oh, yeah. Wednesday night wasn't just the NBA suspensions. It was also I think that's when um, Tom Hanks and, and his wife, oh, I, yeah. I, I think, I think if, unless so. I'm mixing up my days, I think that's when they. Um, you know, their names hit the news as, as testing positive. So with, when you start to hear the, these sports figures that are familiar names, these uh, actors that are familiar names, and, and that they're getting it, then it's like, whoa, it, it stops being, at least for me, stops being like an abstract thing that's out there and, and starts becoming a little more concrete in that sense. And I yeah. think for a lot of my students, it was the same thing. So teaching Thursday, I came in, I... Um, got soap and water, washed all the desks in my room because I knew our custodial staff was was heavily overwhelmed um, because they are so underfunded. And I think that's probably the case in a lot of schools. So I washed all the um, all the desks and my first class came in and it was obvious that like we had to address the, the elephant in the room, so-called. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I share with them, obviously. Uh, and I think this is somewhere that is it's important to really have some discussion around this, around teachers messaging to their students oh, around yeah. something like this. Because yep. I know my messaging was I tried to focus on being as reassuring as possible and give some perspective. So like for me, myself, my, my mom lives in Spain and Spain is one of the one of the areas that's that's um, hardest hit behind behind Italy and, of course, China. And I try to give that perspective to students about how uh, at their age, based on reports and based on what people are saying, you know, this isn't something that um, is likely to to harm you in individually, maybe based on whatever folks are saying out there on cable news and all that. But, you know, a lot of you live with grandparents, a lot of you um, have, have folks in your lives who have compromised immune systems and, and all this. And, and I kind of took a moment to sort of um, just discuss with them that things are going to be okay as long as we continue to be vi uh, vigilant and not make light of the situation and, you know, all this, wash your hands, all that, all that stuff. So we had a, yeah. we had a discussion and I shared um, some personal stuff with them about my father's passing last year and um, just sort of the the importance of of really thinking about those who are uh, for whom this is 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 might be some of the darkest days in their lives. And then you know, and then we we transitioned back into our our lesson. And students, you know, I, I, they asked a couple questions. I gave them some clarification. But at the end of the day, it was still like a. But are we still going to be in school? And then my next class came in. And there's a few absences in that class. Then by the end of the day, that last class was like a little more than half of the students were present. So then I started thinking, I think students are getting the messages from their family and whatever that, yo, it's okay if you want to just go ahead and come home because of the uncertainty that's in the air. And yeah. uh, by the end of Thursday, man, teachers, we we're all looking at each other like, yo, what, what's the deal? Are we coming back tomorrow or, or what? And then yeah. Friday, of course, was the day that the school was closed. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us about that from your perspective, like when Friday came in, in that announcement, at least for the district that you uh, most closely work with, uh, LA Unified, made their announcement public that they were shutting down operations. What were things like in your organization? Well, they were, so they were, um, it's, a, it's a little, there's kind of two answers to the question. On mm -hmm. the one hand, it was, Everything was fine, right? right. Um, you know, schools were operating. There, there wasn't a situation where, like, uh, you know, there were a lot of staff absences or something where, you know, we're having to, like, change the program um, at school sites to kind of carry on with business as usual. I think more at the school level, more like what you described was the issue is really just dealing with the emotional yeah. status of things right like people are feeling stressed and anxious and worried and uncertain and you know in this vacuum of uh where we have really no effective federal leadership and where that is actually what's needed for a nation to, right. <laughs> to have a coherent response to this um you know what's being laid out before us is like well you can't have any confidence in the national leadership and yeah. that creates a sort of cascading feeling of uncertainty distrust nerves yeah uh, some combination of those things and in that space is where like district officials are trying to like fill the void right um so even though i don't actually work for the district our schools and right. on on these kinds of like health and safety issues we operate in the same with all the same rules that yeah. uh, the districts that the district operates with and so we work in close 
you know, communication with them. Um, so I think on our end, it was a lot of like moving pieces as we went from like a school board vote on, yes, we're going to close the schools and what the window of time is going to be to then all the logistical questions like, all right, well, we want to somehow enable continuation of learning for kids. So what's that going to look like? And the district is working on, you know, worked on a contract or some sort of agreement with like the local PBS stations to like broadcast more educational programming and hmm. trying to make sure that some of that content will be appropriate for kids at different levels. Right. And, you know, we want to get Chromebooks and uh, laptops out to kids, right? So we're talking about, I mean, hundreds of thousands of Chromebooks that cost a yeah. few hundred dollars, right? We're talking about like- It's a lot of Chromebooks. Yeah, Jeff. man, we're talking about tens of millions of dollars of equipment, right? That could easily get broken or lost or whatever, yeah. right? Um, you know, get that like safely distributed out to everyone and, you know, make sure parents are aware because you don't want like somebody just giving your kid an expensive piece of equipment and right. sending them home without like you being made aware of what that means, right? And so, uh, you know, just the, all of those pieces, right? Um, the, the food services, how are we going to make sure kids who, do, who are food insecure at home can still get access to food this week, this coming yeah. week and, you know, and those sorts of things. So it was all of the like asking of questions, trying to answer questions, trying to norm on the responses to those questions across a very large system. And we were, we are one small piece, uh, you yeah. know, of, of the district, but part of this larger conversation. And so, so my Friday was, you know, really was that, right? It was like trying to be a part of those conversations, trying to be a thought partner, trying to help norm yeah. on communications, you know, um, and coordinate with, with our team. And so uh, from my end, it was very, it was like oddly disconnected from uh -huh. like the, the real time. Like I didn't talk to any scared kids or nervous parents, <laughs> but I was, you, you I know, did. I was in the space with like people, you know, all right, how do we communicate this so that it doesn't yeah. exacerbate those problems because we don't want to have mixed messages or stuff right. that just, you know, feels to certain audiences like, well, you didn't think about the kindergarten teachers, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. then it undermines your message, right? So, right. Um, so it was, it was all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it wasn't that for me. So yeah, for me, it was most of my interactions on Friday were with students as they are most days. And that Friday morning came in and I was wondering how many students would be present because Thursday night was like our, our board meeting and, you know, nothing officially got done in terms of uh, announcing a closure or anything. But the expectation around the school and the community was that like Thursday night, probably we'd get the announcement or something. But then Friday started and there was no announcement. My first period uh, class was uh, a good chunk of students were absent. I got a few emails from students saying that they were staying home and they were asking about the work and, and this and that. And it was during that time that we got the asked to have a meeting with the principal who wanted to clarify what the expectations might be. Not expectations, I should reword that. Who wanted to speak with teachers about how to support us and students if a school closure was going to be ordered. Um, so he, you know told us all the options and our lovely tech leaders on campus. Um, shout out to them and shout out to um, the district actually, because you know, you mentioned getting Chromebooks and stuff to kids. So our district, we are not just, I mean, we're one-to-one. -one, so every, every kid in the district has a Chromebook and we have extras left over for anybody who needs it during this closure who might not have theirs anymore. 
Also, the district put together plans for hotspots for students who um, don't have internet access at home. And basically, we got all these updates during a, um, I guess, emergency type of meeting on Friday. So shout out to uh, Ms. Butler and Ms. Moses for, for getting all that together on such short notice and scrambling to make sure all the kids had uh, hotspots and Chromebooks and all that stuff in case a closure was announced. And then I had my next class. And um, middle of the class, kids looking at his phone. He's like, all right, Rustin, did you hear? Like, did I hear what? And he like linked me the article <laughs> that said Pasadena schools closing. And um, man, this this is what it means to teach in the man, 21st century, man. Yes. <laughs> There's no more waiting for the PA announcements. No. Like kids got it on Twitter like, in the middle of class. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. I was like, all right, so that's it. And, you know, I expected that to be the case. Um, L.A. had already announced disclosure. It, to me, it wouldn't make any sense for our district to um, have a different view of the um, seriousness of the situation than like LA, for example. And I knew, or I figured um, that our district was only trying to sew up the loose ends and get this plan fully together before making the announcement, which makes sense, yeah. um, and, and take care of all the stuff that you had mentioned. So when our district announcement officially came, embedded within it were the particulars about which school, which uh district sites would have food for students at what times like they already had that all all built into the announcement which i think was very was very very dope but uh but yeah it was an odd feeling it was kind of like a all right let's get up out of here and obviously we finished the school day i mostly had seniors on fridays based on how our block schedule was set up and there was a lot of concern I guess it's it's fair to say all age groups and all grade levels are are super super concerned about the uncertainty of the rest of the school year. Um, I think seniors are are way up there in terms of their concern because you're not just talking about senior years already. You know, senior prom, college admissions, all this all the stressors mm -hmm. of senior year, but also this possibility that like, hey, are we even gonna still be able to have like a graduation ceremony? Am I gonna get my credits? Am I gonna you know they all that? So when I mentioned earlier about like. You know, it's important to have a discussion at some point about how teachers frame something like this for their students. Yeah. For me in my classes, I did not jump to like, oh, we'll do it. We'll have classes over Zoom or whatever. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I wasn't hitting them with all the like, here's what you're going to have to do. Here's the work you're going to have to do. This isn't a vacation. This is, you know. Um, but some <laughs> teachers were. Some teachers yeah. online and online for sure. And I think uh, on my own campus were like, you know, hitting students with the, this isn't a vacation for you, you better uh, this, that, whatever. And that's the worst message I think to send um, at a time like that. So I had, I had a, I had a senior yeah. who broke down, uh, came into my classroom, just fuming, r bright red fuming, and then just started just crying, just bawling. And um, it was once the student was able to, to speak some, it was the they were terrified that their grades were, that basically they weren't gonna be able to uh, finish or graduate from high school because, um, you know, whatever work um, is being expected of them. And, but then they got a grandmother, that's this and that. And then just like the whole, like, what the hell, like feeling like the world was attacking them. And I think that was largely a reflection of what happens when you hit students with the, like, this is how you're gonna do the, your work. This is how you're, you're gonna turn in your work. This is all this stuff while the school is still in the uh, in the process of closing like that's yeah. not what what young people are trying to uh hear at that moment so yeah, yeah. it was stressful it was wild it was really wild yeah it's interesting because i i part of me feels like they're i i resonate with what you're saying mm -hmm. another part of me feels like also you know for some kids the the idea of like continuity could also be reassuring right that like 
there is gonna even though we're not coming to school like there's right. still something that feels normal is gonna go forward yeah um now i'm saying you know <laughs> yelling at the kids about this is not a break for you <laughs> the, man that's, that's what one, one kid told me is like the they... best vehicle for man. for delivering that message but like here's how we're going to help yeah yeah normal things continue you know that reassurance is is so important so so thankfully we've got skillful educators in the classroom like dr rustin here um attending to the the needs of our students and and frankly thankfully we've got really a lot of thoughtful for at least from what i've seen people um you know at the district level trying to make responsible safe decisions and i think it's important to note doing so in a context where there is there are first of all just so many unknowns and second of all so many unknowns created by an utterly incompetent and inept uh administration we have in washington that is literally failing and putting at risk the lives of our students and school staff and personnel yeah. um every day that they continue to be in office and this is just the latest utterly offensive ridiculous ex example yeah. of this but um, now that I'm done preaching my uh, <laughs> lefty liberal educator communist propaganda, we can we can go ahead and wrap this up. Well, you know he sh he, he shut down he sh he shut down the border, um, and you know that helped that helped a lot with these numbers. Oh, he, yeah. he shut down travel from oh, China. Yeah. If he I'm hadn't feeling, done that, Jeff, if I'm he hadn't feeling, done that, I'm feeling super safe right super now. Super safe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, folks, this is um, so I would love to hear from other other folks especially classroom teachers about what your if if your your school has closed at the time that you're listening to this um what your last day what that day was like because i know for me i've been in this 16 years and um the day the school closed was is was a day that i'll never forget and i would love to hear what your experience was like either you know respond to the show leave comments whatever or just uh inbox me because I, I would love to hear what teachers at other school sites experienced and like we said at the at the top of this we pre-record a whole lot of our episodes because of the time that it takes to uh, edit all the video and uh, put everything together so we don't so the next several full episodes that you're going to hear we're going to touch on a whole bunch of different topics and headlines but um, we're not going to touch on coronavirus and we're not going to touch on this particular situation which, um, you know, mostly because by the time we talk about it and edit it and put it out there, something would have already changed, most likely. But also because um, this is not the only thing happening in education. Like when, when things get back to normal one day, when uh, schools return and all that, we still are going to have to have those uh, discussions about student engagement and teacher diversity and all these things that continue to impact our schools. So we're going to keep hitting you with that content and in between our full episodes, we'll have passing periods that are more timely, like this one. And um, just, hey, stay safe. Our thoughts are with all the schools, all the teachers, all the students, all the families, all the people. And, um, yeah, Jeff, anything you want to add? Uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. And uh, in, in the act of doing that, let's also remember our humanity and having love and empathy for others, even others who may be sick or may be different than us or come from a different part of the planet than us. We are, if there's anything that reminds us of the fact that we are one human family, it is this virus, yeah. which is not a foreign virus. It's just a virus. It's just a virus. <laughs> and it, it doesn't appear to care how much money you have. It or sure don't. Or, it sure don't. Yeah. Or if you've been buddy-buddy in pictures with the 
press officer from Brazil. Now that's at least and, the third or fourth time you brought up Trump in this. Uh, but yeah. Because the man is just a train wreck and there's some poetic justice to the fact he might have coronavirus, man. but won't well, be tested. Would we ever know? Do you think they'd no, even make that info public? Us, man, they ain't going to tell us. No, he's... He's a gangster, man. He not, he's not For showing sure. any humanity before the simple, regular people. He's the type where, like, if we didn't see him for a little while, then we saw someone who kind of looked like him, but maybe it was a, bi a body double. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I would not, I would not be, be surprised be, either. It would man. make perfect sense to it me. It would like, make total... It, would anything not make perfect <laughs> sense for this this person? Um a competent leadership would not no, make that's perfect true sense. that's true thoughtful strategic leadership All that. <laughs> that's the one thing all, all right, right folks we're out of here uh of course everything's available at aotashow.com and um thanks for joining us and we'll, we will catch you next time